right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Did everybody have a good 4th of July yesterday? Amen. Celebrating our independence and our nation's birthday. Well, uh, we have a whole lot of people on vacation this week, so we're praying that they're having a blessed time, uh, you know, getting recharged and rejuvenated uh, for the rest of this year. So we miss them, but uh, we'll see them again uh, hopefully the next week or two. So, hey, we're going to go ahead and open up tonight by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Amen. And we're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation's coming to Jesus. And what better time to do that than right now as we're all in the patriotic mindset. Amen. Let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord a shout of praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right. Well, let's get into some announcements here. We got a few big things coming up that we're super excited about. First of all, this Sunday night is membership class, and we're really uh, looking forward to this as I throw pins all over the place. Amen. And so uh, if you are not a member, but you would like to be, go ahead and get signed up. And, you know, I encourage you, if, if you just been here and you know that High Desert Word Center is your home church, go ahead and let's make it a The class is this Sunday from 4 to 7 p.m. in Victory Hall. And we're going to have, of course, you know, I always tell people this, snacks are provided. Because some people are like, man, three hours? How could I go that long? Hey, first of all, you can last like four weeks without food if you need to. But even besides that, uh, yes, snacks and drinks are provided. And it is a great time together. Uh, So go ahead and get signed up for membership class. we got a whole bunch of people on there, so I'm happy about that. And then... The next Sunday night, July 16th, we're doing a great big church barbecue right here uh, at 6 p.m. And so that'll kind of uh, be in place of the Sunday night service uh, that week. But we just want to have a time of fellowship and food and encouraging each other. And we haven't done it for a little while. So uh, make sure you get signed up to bring a dish to share. We're going to be bringing the grills out and getting some stuff grilled. So anyway, going to be a wonderful, wonderful night. And then last thing for the month of July, we are doing baptisms on Sunday, July 30th. And uh, the sign-up sheet is back there at the info booth. And we, uh, we're we doing them both services, morning and night. Uh, so we want to make that available to both, uh, both of the services there. And just a great opportunity uh, to make your public declaration of your faith. We don't want you to miss out on that. So go ahead and get signed up for baptisms. And then and also in August 
towards the beginning of the month, we are uh, going to be doing a great big church pool party again. And I believe we've got the date of August 4th uh, for the Henderson pool. We've rented the whole pool and uh, we want to make sure that everybody gets to come and be a part of that. It was really, really fun last year. And we want to make sure that you uh, have a chance to come hang out with us that night. Have some fun with the family. So we'll get that information out to you real soon also. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah. Amen. Second Corinthians 9 tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. So we have decided to be cheerful givers. Amen. Mrs. Pastor is going to do our tithes and offerings tonight. Thank you, sir. Good morning. I mean, good evening, everybody. I'm going to say good morning. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm going to be in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25 through 34, and I'm in the New King James, okay? Therefore, Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so closes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But this is the clue. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. So God supplies, God supplies, God supplies. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and our ushers will be more than happy to give you one. I should have said that to begin with. Sorry, sorry. Got it out of order there. So if you want to stand up, we'll say our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's get ready to worship the Lord tonight. If you want, you can put your hands together and stand up with me. And let's sing to the Lord. The King of all creation set aside his crown. A servant to the Father's love descended from his throne above. An author of salvation 
and giver of new life. And crucified to pay for sin, our righteousness is in the name of Jesus. And every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever.
proclaim great are you lord we know that we would have no life we would have nothing if it weren't for you lord you put the breath in our lungs so we could even sing praise to you lord and we lift you up on high tonight and we ask that you would have your way in this service lord i pray for soft hearts that are eager to receive the word of god ears that are ready to hear what the spirit of god is saying to us lord and we say and we and we pray tonight that your word would have free course and we know that it never returns unto you void but it always accomplishes everything that you send it forth to do and so this evening lord we are going to receive your word and we're going to be doers of your word and our lives are going to be better because of it we thank you for it in jesus name amen hallelujah can we give the lord some praise tonight amen Why don't you find somebody around you right there and give them a nice handshake or a fist bump or a something. Amen. All right. There's not as many of us tonight, so you may have to look a little further, but you'll find them. We are, there are still some of us here. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Do you feel the love in the house tonight? Yeah. Amen. Alexis, did you find anybody? Okay. You at least got a fist bump out of that, right? No one should be empty handed tonight. Is there anybody that did not get some love? Did you get a handshake? Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right. Very good. Hey. We, oh, she got two. All right. Hey. Praise God. I didn't get one, but it's okay. I didn't need one. It's fine. It's a, who's got? <laughs> From one Dave to another, you know, we stick together, believe it or not. You know, people don't know that there is an international Dave society. And, uh, well, anyway. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, uh, we're going to have a good time together tonight. Uh, we are in a Wednesday night series. Who knows what we have been talking about on Wednesday nights? Fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit. And it's been exciting. Uh, you know, oftentimes this kind of seems like a topic, as I've mentioned a lot of times, the Sunday school, the children's church is talking about it. And it's been a while since we've done a series for the adults on the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, but I know that this is something that we need to hear. And it's a valuable, valuable part of our Christian life. So we're going to open up tonight by turning to our...
the text, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Amen? Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Amen. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the real thing, the real deal. Now, this is the fruit that the that the Holy Spirit will produce in our lives as we are submitted to Him. These are the things that we should be seeing produced in the Christian life. And uh, and and you know we've got to look at a couple of these already, but no doubt about it, these are definitely words that should be used to describe a Christian. And the words that should be used to uh, describe uh, describe you. All right. So Galatians five twenty two through twenty three says, "But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives." Let's say it together: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I'm telling you right now that this is the genuine fruit that should be in the Christian life. And I've seen so often, uh, as I'm sure you have, that the, the Lord always has the real deal and Satan always wants to produce some sort of a counterfeit to what God has, right? And so you'll see him, you know, distract people thinking like, this would be true joy over here if you would just find this and do this and you find out like no that's actually that was a fake thing that was a substitute that was an imitation that wasn't the real thing Jesus the Holy Spirit has real genuine love for us right he has true joy and true peace the real fruit and you know you see all these things you know you ever get like a, a bag of this kids can the fruit snacks you ever see that then you go to read it and you're like, wait a minute, there's nothing real about this fruit at all. This is all these preservatives. Chuck was kind enough to send me a picture this week. He went grocery shopping and uh, it's kind of little known fact that uh, I have a, a weakness for fruity pebbles. And uh, you know, it would be funny if it weren't so sad, but I struggle in the area of the ninth fruit called self-control whenever I'm presented with a box of fruity pebbles. And I, I've been known to, to pound down an entire box in one sitting. It's, it's terrible. And I'm not proud of it. But okay, am I, anyone else there's just something they say fruity pebbles as my kids say they just hit different and I don't know what it is but they do something to me and so Chuck sends me a picture of a family size like 400 ounce box of fruity pebbles and I'm like that's all I could think about all day Uh, but the good news is that's the, you know, that, that's not the real deal. My wife is kind enough to make me eat real fruit all the time, which, you know, against my will, but she doesn't. And it's the real thing. And so I'm telling you, when it comes to things like the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has the real love, joy, peace, and this world will present to you imitation, knockoff stuff. And it'll say, this will make you happy. Oh, well, that's fine, but I'm not looking for happiness. I'm looking for joy. And we saw last week the difference between the two. And so uh, we also, uh, you know, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we're gonna, tonight we're going to be on the third uh, fruit of the Spirit. Does anybody know what the third one is? We just said them. Peace. Amen. Peace. We're talking about peace. Now, one thing we've mentioned regarding the fruit of the Spirit is, of course, that the fruit is the 
proof that the Holy Spirit is alive on the inside of you. It is proof that you have been born of the Spirit. Amen. You are born again and you'll have these things operating in your life. Another thing, just a quick reminder uh, that we've kind of discussed about fruit is fruit grows. And I grew up out in the country with a bunch of apple trees, pear trees, all these different things. And again, in the springtime, I never just walked out there and saw a tree full of fully grown, mature, fully developed apples. It took some time to get there. And sometimes when we look at this list, people get down on themselves. Well, man, I'm just, I'm failing at this, this, and this. Well, listen, hey, you know, we, we need to be, these things need to be growing in our lives, but not a one of us is fully 100% peaked out, developed in all of these areas, right? Because fruit grows. Now, as we say that, we can't excuse it if we're not growing in any of these areas. You may not have arrived all the way in the patience department, but you should be making some progress. You should be growing in that and with love and the other areas. And so tonight we are talking about the topic of Peace, because no doubt about it, the Christian person should have the peace of God in their life. There, and it should be a distinguishing mark of your life, because check it out. You don't have to look very far to see that the people of this world don't exactly have a lot of peace right now, do they? They're scared. They're fighting over anything and everything. They're searching for answers. They're depressed. They're stressed out. They're full of anxiety. And as my dad says, they're busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted, right? And so all those things, and, 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 and if that's what this world is like, the Christian life should not be like that. Because the more that we are not like them, the more that we stand out. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, you are the light of the world. And the only way that my light shines bright and, and, and it sticks out from the rest of the darkness is if it's actually turned on and I have differences in my life from everybody else. You see that? And so just because the rest of them have no love, just because the rest of them have no joy, and certainly because the rest of them have no peace whatsoever, that doesn't mean I should be like that. I should be totally opposite of that. And as I am living my life with the fruit of the Spirit growing and developing, it shall attract the unsaved world. It shall attract the people living in the darkness to the light. They're going to say, hey man, how do you have peace? Can you tell me about it? And you know what that is? That means you've got a great big apple growing on the branch and they just came up and wanted some of that. Amen? And that's how it should be. And so... I'm going to look at a, a great verse tonight to kind of, uh, before we get into the outline, and it's Isaiah 48 and verse 18, Isaiah 48 and verse 18, and I love this verse, I should have known it my whole life, but to be honest, I just learned it within the last year, uh, and, and, and maybe you've heard the, this old, old song in Christian uh, circles called, I've Got Peace Like a River, amen, anyone heard that song? Hey, it's an oldie. 
but it's a goodie. And, uh, and, and I love that song. Usually these days, though, you kind of see, they use it as a kid's song or on kids' worship albums. But it was actually an African-American spiritual that slaves sung way back in the day. And what's incredible to me, uh, as I even sing that song now and, and learn from it is, is that people suffering through such hardship and difficulty were singing about the peace of God. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Amen. That's that, no more singing. Amen. But I, I, I love that song and it, and it just does something. And the reason it does is because it's not just a cute song that somebody threw together. It's actually a scripture out of the Bible. And it's Isaiah chapter 48. And uh, we'll look here at verse 18, and and I just, man, I'm, I encourage you. This should be a verse that you highlight, that you that you make note of, because it is absolutely beautiful. It says this: The Lord speaking says, "Oh, that you had listened to my commands." Here it is. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. Amen. And, and, and this is showing us that if we listen to his commands, what comes with that? Well, a lot of good things come with it. But one thing is you have peace flowing like a gentle river right over you, man. And, and, and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. Now, in this verse in particular, uh, God's talking to the children of Israel. But I can imagine, he's probably looked at my life a few times and said, Oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river right over you and righteousness rolling over you. And, and so one thing that I can say with certainty that I've learned from people everywhere, I've never met anybody that doesn't truly desire peace in their life. Now, the sad part is most people go about obtaining that peace in the wrong way. They think if they could, again, it's just like joy or anything else. They think that there's some other way of getting the true thing. And so they think if they can, you know, be with the right person, if they can make the right amount of money, if they can have fun, 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 that they will finally have peace. And you find out that that's not where peace comes from. Peace, true peace the real thing is only found one way, and that is absolutely through Jesus. Amen. Listening and doing his word. And so tonight, I'm going to look at a few fun facts, a few quick facts about peace for the Christian. And make no mistake about this. Having peace is not just a, a noble idea or some sort of a, yeah, that'd be kind of nice. No, this is something that should be a hallmark of the Christian life. Just like you should be known for your love, just like you should be known for your joy, a Christian should be known by the peace of God that's within them. Because listen, not everybody has this, but we can have this, all right? So let's get into a few things here tonight. I'm going to pray one more time uh, before we get into the Word. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we just come to you one more time in prayer here. And Lord, we pray that as we open up the word tonight and, and dig in a little bit deeper, Lord, that you would speak to us. And Lord, we know that you have some things tonight that we need to hear. And so I pray that if we have any walls built up, any hardness of heart, anything like that, that we would just lay that down, break that down, and give you full access to speaking into our lives. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name name. Can everyone say amen? amen? Amen. All right. Number one is this talking about true peace. Number one, peace comes from Jesus. The real thing. All right. Peace comes from Jesus. Now there's a quote that I always use when I talk about peace, but it's because it's a great quote. And it's this is that peace consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Peace does not consist just in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. And, you know, we we talked about the agape love of God uh, last year and did a very thorough study on God's definition of love. And one thing that we have definitely found out is that when we say the word love, it seems like everybody in the world has their own definition of what love is. And I'm not interested in what everybody's definition of love is. I'm interested in what God's definition of love is. And so a lot of people think that it's love to just lie to somebody and tell them that everything's okay when it's not. Well, you know, love doesn't lie. We know that much. A lot of people think that love means that you just go along with anything and everything. And no, that's not love. But we found out what the true love of God is as studied in the New Testament. Well, just like a a lot of people have a false and wrong and their own definition of love, there's a lot of people that have a wrong definition of peace. And so if you were to ask the average person like, well, hey, you know, what's peace? Tell me what peace is. Well, I guess that means we're not at war right now. And so, uh, Peace means you're not fighting with anybody. Well, you know, that that's not really what peace is. Or peace means that everybody likes me and everybody agrees with me and I'm good with that, right? No, that's not what peace is. Uh, no, peace is not that. Pete, because we found this out that, hey, you could be sitting on your couch by yourself with nobody fighting you, nobody at war with you, nobody arguing with you, and yet you still don't have peace. Because God's definition of peace, it doesn't matter what your physical surroundings are. You could be in the middle, as we've said, of a war zone in the Middle East and be surrounded by terrible danger. But on the inside, you're okay. Because peace is an inside thing. It's an inside job, right? And everybody else is looking at the outside all the time. Well, you could be in terrible, natural circumstances, but have peace on the inside. Or you could be in terrific natural circumstances. You could be in a mansion playing PlayStation eating Cheetos with no danger around, yet you are in torment because on the inside you ain't right. Amen. And so get that now that peace is not, has nothing to do with your natural surroundings. It has to do with your inward position and your inward condition. And so I want to show you something that Jesus said. Let's flip over to John 14. Can we go to John 14 tonight? 
And so, John chapter 14, we're going to look here at verse 27. John 14, in verse 27. Now, I love what Jesus says right here. John 14, 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. Oh boy, what's that gift? Is it a bunch of money? Well, hold on. No, what is it? I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And so apparently there's a peace of mind and heart. But check this out. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now notice that Jesus says the peace that he gives is a gift that this world can't give you. And the best way I know to say this is so many people are looking to this world to give them something that they don't even have to give in the first place, right? You couldn't come up to me and say, hey, could you give me a million bucks? Like, well... No, because I don't even have it to give to you, right? Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. And so many people, even unfortunately, very unfortunately, even children of God are looking to the things in this world to give them peace and fulfillment. Well, check it out. You should love your, you know, I, I hope that you love your job. You like your job. You at the very least tolerate your job. <laughs> but listen, that's not where I find my fulfillment. I find my fulfillment in knowing that, hey, I'm a son of God. Amen. And Jesus loves me. Jesus forgives me. And, and hey, that's what I need. That, that's where I find my fulfillment. And that's where I find my peace. I don't find my peace and my fulfillment and my, you know, everything just from my job. No, I find it in Jesus. And so many people are like, man, if I just got the right job, I could finally have peace. Well, listen, you're looking for the right thing, but in the wrong places. The only way that we'll find true peace is through Jesus. And he says, this is a gift that he wants to leave to us. Peace for our mind and peace for our hearts. And that's a really big thing. And you know that the people of this world, that they would do anything for this type of peace. I mean, people are willing to fork out a lot of money to buy peace, right? Like, man, I'll, I'll, you see people that fork out thousands and thousands of dollars on maybe a vacation or, or this or on that. And even if they're not bad things, but what I'm saying is people are willing to pay for peace. But as a Christian, I don't have to pay for my peace. Jesus paid for it. And then he said, Hey, I'll give it to you as a gift, right? It's like salvation. I don't have to pay the price. Jesus paid the price. And that's why we are saved by faith through grace. Amen. And so we are saved by grace. It's a gift from God. I couldn't pay for it anyway. Amen. Jesus did. And so there's people willing to fork out a whole lot to try to get some peace. But for you and for me, the children of God, He said, I'll give it to you. It's a gift. I want for you to have it. And so let's look here at another Old Testament verse, Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. So yes, some people, man, they'll, they'll spend every penny they have 
trying to just get a little moment of peace, whether it's wasting money on a, some sort of substance or superficial, vain things, trying to buy that peace. But Jesus says, I'll just give it to you. Isaiah 53 and verse 5, I'm reading it in the New King James. So this is a messianic prophecy. Uh, it's prophesying the crucifixion. And so this tells us about what Jesus eventually did do on the cross. But I'm going to read it in the New King James here. Isaiah 53, 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That is really good news for us tonight. That one verse alone just told us a whole bunch of stuff that Jesus paid the price for. But one thing that we're specifically focusing on there is the chastisement for our peace was upon him. Listen, Jesus paid the price for you to have peace. Peace wasn't free. Somebody had to pay for it, but Jesus was the one to pay for it. Amen? And now he's giving it to you. He's offering it to you. And so if it's a gift that's been offered to you, you have every single right to it. And I'm telling us tonight that we're not fighting to obtain peace. Satan is fighting, trying to steal your peace away from you. You're fighting to defend what rightfully belongs to you. And the way that I, you know, say it is this, you know, we're fighting the good fight of faith. And when I'm fighting the good fight of faith, I am fighting from a place of advantage. I don't view us as the poor old defeated underdogs that just have no, no, listen, man, you are, you have the advantage here. Jesus already paid the price. Amen. God's your father. Hello. Come on. You have an advantage. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And so when it comes to any area, quit seeing yourself as the victim and the underdog and the poor all this and the poor all that. Stop that. You are a daughter of the king. You are a son of the most high. Amen. You're not these, you know, you're not the only begotten son. That's Jesus. But you are a child of God. And you need to recognize that you're not some poor old victim. No, 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 no. You are victorious through Jesus. Amen. In fact, Ephesians says that we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And so get over that, man. You are not the underdog. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. And you have the advantage in life. Amen. All right. Number two tonight is this, talking about peace. Number one, we got to know that the only way that we're going to get peace is from Jesus. But number two, you got to know this is more Bible equals more peace. More Bible equals more peace. And we could say it this way also, the less Bible you have in you, the less peace you're going to have. And I can certainly testify in my life without any fear of contradiction whatsoever the times that I neglect to properly spend time reading the Bible, uh, I feel it. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. If I don't have the right amount of time with God's Word, I do not have the peace like I should have. 
Because the more time I spend in the word is the more time I'm spending with Jesus. You know that, right? When I'm reading the Bible, I'm literally spending time with Jesus. John 1 verse 1 says that Jesus is the word. And so someone's like, you know, well, how are you going to spend time with Jesus? I'm going to go get my Bible. That's how I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Amen. Of course, I can spend time with him through prayer and through uh, the uh, worshiping and, and all those great things as well. But I'll tell you right now, the biggest way that I'm spending time with Jesus is through spending time in the word. And the more that I'm around Jesus the more peaceful I am. You wouldn't like me very much if you saw me when I wasn't around Jesus. I'm not as nice, amen? <laughs> None of us are. He does something to us. And so uh, we're going to look down here, all the way down at Mark chapter 4, amen? So as we're turning there, we'll talk about a few things. But Jesus is the source of all peace. And so we need to spend as much time with him as we can. In fact, uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it's another messianic prophecy, but it tells us uh, the name is prophesying that uh, that a savior is going to be born to the virgin. And it lists all these things about this coming Messiah, this savior that'll be born someday to the virgin. And one of the things it says about Jesus is he shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. One of Jesus' main titles literally is Prince of Peace. How could you hang out with somebody like that and not have peace all about you? And so, as we spend time with Jesus, no doubt about it, we have the peace of God. We have peace like a river flowing in my life. And no doubt about this also is that if I'm not spending time in the word, I'm not going to have peace. And I will guarantee you that my Christian witness is not going to be what it should be. How many in here it's actually is on your goal list to witness for Jesus? I mean, you actually want to do that, right? You, it's not all about you. We know that great part of coming to church, great part of being a Christian. Yes, he does do a lot of great things for us. Amen. He, he does a lot of things. We have this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all these great things we get from him. But somewhere on your list of priority as a Christian needs to be that you're actually witnessing. You're actually telling other people about the good news, telling other people about the gospel. And I know this much that it hurts my Christian witness if I'm just as stressed out, just as angry and depressed as the rest of the world. Why would they want to come to me if I'm just as bad off as them? Jesus said if the blind lead the blind, they both end up falling into a ditch somewhere, right? And so if my life's just as bad as everyone else's, why would they come to me and say, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? Can you tell me about your church? You're just so angry all the time that I'd love to be more like you. Nobody says that. You, you don't want to be around people like that. I avoid angry, mean, rude, cynical people. I don't like them. I don't want to be around them. And how can I expect that if I have no peace whatsoever, why in the world would the unsaved people of this world want to come to me for answers if I'm just as blind and messed up as they are? And so 
the Christian that does not have the peace of God, I don't think they can be a very effective witness for Jesus. Nobody wants that. But when you do have the peace of God, amen, people want a piece of that peace. Okay, let's go. All right. And so I want to show you something here in Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 37 through 40. And so, again, peace doesn't mean you never have trouble. It doesn't mean that. Uh, But it does mean that you don't flip out when troubles come. It means that you are okay on the inside, even in the midst of the storm. And so that's what we have here is Jesus himself. There's no greater example of peace than the Prince of Peace. And here he is in a storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 37, it says, And a great wind storm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. I mean, this is not a good situation. But he, talking about Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That just sounds so dramatic to me. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he's like, all right, stop. Stop that, boys. You're better than that. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And I'm just, there's so much wrapped up in this story. But you got to know that the Prince of Peace was so full of peace that he was in the middle of a windstorm on a boat. Going, it, it was so bad that the boat was filling with water and Jesus, he didn't even wake up from his nap. Come on, man. That, I know some people that can take some good naps, right? And I mean, they are hard to wake up. I'm related to some, okay? And that's all right, you know? But, but check it out. That's a really good nap right there. If it's water splashing on your face. I don't know anybody that I can't wake up with water. Ask my kids. They like to test me on school mornings. It's not my first option, but it is my, uh, a quick second option. They get a cup of water to the face. And uh, do they, they don't like that. And, and turns out my wife doesn't either. So I avoid that. Amen. <laughs> yeah. She used to think it was cute, but not anymore. So anyway, uh, but, but listen, here's Jesus fast asleep, water splashing in, the boat going up and down. And the men that he was in the boat with, these weren't rookies on the water. I mean, Peter and I mean, these guys, listen, they were professional fishermen. They were sailors. They were used to some bad storms and being on the boat in the bad waters. And if it was scaring them, if they were having issues, that tells me this was a pretty solid storm. This wasn't just some little old thing. But even with all of that, Jesus was so full of peace, he didn't even flinch. They had to come and wake him up. Teacher, teacher, don't you care? And isn't it crazy how Jesus can be right there in the boat with us? And just because he's not flipping out and panicking, we have the audacity to think that somehow he doesn't care. People are still like that. 
Jesus isn't up there running around with his arm. No, what are we going to do? And you're like, he must not care because I'm just not hearing. I'm not, I'm not feeling anything right now. He must not care. No, Jesus is in the boat and he cares so much that he's providing peace to you where you don't have to flip out and cry and scream and flail your arms like a little girl or a little boy. Amen. And so listen to me. That's how good Jesus is. And so storms don't scare Jesus. And we as Christians, my whole goal is to be more and more like Jesus. Who wants to be more like Jesus and less like yourself? Amen. Somebody one time tried to insult uh, Brother Copeland and, and they said, hey, you and your friends are just running around trying to act like a bunch of little Jesuses, aren't you? And he's like... Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what we're doing. You've, I've never been paid a higher compliment. They meant it as an insult, but I'm telling you, yeah, if you want to th- threaten me and say, you're just trying to go act like Jesus, aren't you? Like, absolutely, man, yeah. I'm trying to bring the love, joy, peace everywhere I go, ladies and gentlemen. And so if that's the worst thing you can say about me, I'm doing something really, really good right there. And so Jesus had peace and he paid the price so I could have peace too. I want to look at one more verse on this point. Then we'll go to number three, Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. We'll do this in the King James. Psalm 119, verse 165. And so what I'm trying to say is, the more time you spend with the word, the more peace you're going to have. The less time you spend in the word the less peace you're going to have. I don't think that's very deep. That's not very heavy, but it's just a factual statement. And so Psalm 119, verse 165. Now, Psalm 119, I've said this a million times, but I'm, you know, I'll repeat it. This whole amazing chapter, longest chapter in the Bible, it's all about David's love for the word of God. And so for... Talking about the word, he uses, you know, your instructions, your precepts, your laws, your commands, your your word. He uses all of these words synonymously for the word of God. And so Psalm 119, verse 165, great peace have they which love thy law. Or as New Testament Christians, we say who love your word. And nothing shall offend them. So, hey, do you love God's word tonight? Is there anybody like, you don't just like it, you love it. I love the word of God. I mean, it's not a hobby I have. It's my whole life. And, you know, it's not just some, it's not a, it's not a, a stage I'm going through that I'm going to get over someday. Like, this is everything to me. I love the word of God. And there's so many bonuses and benefits to the word of God that we can't even begin to count all of them right now. But according to this right here, one massive benefit to loving the word of God is you get to have great peace. Who in here enjoys having great peace? Okay. I've had, I've had both situations. I've had great peace and I've had not great peace. And I can say this. If given the choice, I pick having great peace. Anybody else? If you can have peace or not have peace, choose peace. If you didn't know which to choose, choose peace. Especially if it's great peace. And there's a bonus. There's a bonus 
tagged on to the end of this verse, and nothing shall offend them. The more time you spend with the Word of God, the more you love God's Word, you get great peace, and you don't go around getting offended all the time. This is a win-win situation. Love the Word of God. Spend time with it. Amen. And then number three tonight is this. Number three, great thing about the peace of God. The real deal is God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. God's peace will guard your heart and it'll also guard your mind because they're not the same thing. I was reading an article about a Christian doctor carried out an interesting survey recently with his patients. As they waited in the waiting room of his office, they had a little survey they had people filling out there. And one of the questions on the survey was, what is your number one desire in life? Well, after hundreds of people had filled this survey out, the doctor tabulated the the results and the answers, and he found out that the number one wish of all of his patients that came in was 67% of them said their number one desire was to have peace of mind. Peace of mind. And again, people are willing to do a lot of things for peace of mind. Well, you'll never have peace of mind until you've got peace in your heart first, right? And so, you know, one thing leads to the other. So as we get peace in our heart, we'll get peace in our mind. And we're going to flip over to Philippians chapter 4 tonight. Philippians chapter 4, all right? So as we're turning there, I'm reviewing something. Earlier, one of the first verses we looked at tonight was John 14, 27. And in that particular verse, Jesus said he was giving us a peace of heart and mind. Did anybody else catch that? He said, I will give you something that the world can't give you. It's peace for your mind and it's peace for your heart. Peace of heart and mind. Well, we know, again, through a very thorough study of scripture that your heart is not referring to the organ in your chest most of the time. It's referring to your spirit, the most inner part of who a person is. The core of who mankind is, is their heart. It's their spirit. And again, through another very thorough study of scripture, you find the soul is referring specifically to the mind, the will, the emotions of a person. And so Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you a gift that the world can't give you, uh, give you peace spiritually for your heart and mentally and emotionally. And that's referring to uh, the soul, amen, mind. All right, so Philippians 4, verse 7, and I call these, there's two verses here. I call them the peace equation because, I mean, it lines out for you in a rod. This is literally one of the simplest things to add up and get peace. It tells you, it straight up tells you in black and white, very, very plainly, how to get the peace of God. This is literally one of the easiest things, I think, to understand in scripture. All right. Philippians four, verse seven, here's the end result. It says, then you will experience God's peace, not man's peace, not your own generic definition. No, you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your, here it is, hearts and minds. That's what Jesus said. As you live in Christ Jesus. So this is the end result of what everybody wants, but let's, let's backtrack to verse six. All right. We just saw what everybody wants. Everybody wants God's peace. 
Verse 6 tells us how you can actually get God's peace. It says this. Don't worry about anything. Well, that's impossible. Well, maybe on your own, but with God, all things are possible. So I don't know. Think about that for a minute, right? (laughs) So don't worry about anything. Instead, what do you do? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you can do verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart, your spirit, and mind, referring to the soul, as you live in Christ Jesus. So how do we get God's peace? Number one, don't worry about anything. Number two, pray about everything. Number three, tell God what you need. Number four, thank him for all he has done. And then you get God's peace guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so we've seen a lot of verses tonight. We'll go ahead and kind of start winding things down. But we've seen a lot about peace. And for a lot of you guys, this was maybe review or some things you already knew. But as we're studying the fruit of the Spirit, I'm just presenting to you tonight that peace shouldn't just be some optional thing that some Christians have, or yeah, that guy, he, he's got peace all the time, but me, I don't ever have no peace. That shouldn't be like that. Peace should be a hallmark. It should be an absolute staple of the Christian life. People should look at you and see the love of God, number one, but then they should see joy and they should certainly see that you have the peace of God. That doesn't mean you don't ever have any troubles or any storms because even Jesus himself had troubles and storms. But with the peace of God, you'll make it through the storm, no doubt about it. But also the storm doesn't rattle you and shake you and flip you over and, and, and turn your whole life upside down. No. You are stable and solid and you are okay. You've got the joy of the Lord as you have the peace of God. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wind things down there tonight. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. Amen. We'll stand up together. And I'm going to invite my prayer team to come on up tonight. And if you're here and and you need prayer for anything, we would love to be in agreement with you tonight and see the Lord uh, work in your life and move on your behalf. We'll have Pastor Josh lead us in some worship this evening as we close things out. So if you need prayer, come on up. We'd love to pray for you. And if not, you just worship where you're at and pray for those that do need prayer. Amen. Let's pray. Life, you are love, you bring light unto the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great.
It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. close things out tonight. Trust that everybody's received from the word of God together. Amen. And I encourage you there, those last few verses we looked at, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that is a key to you walking in the peace of God. And you should, no doubt about it, enjoy having the peace of God in your life. You, It belongs to you. Amen. And so receive that. All right. Hey, church this weekend, it's going to be awesome, fantastic, wonderful. Sunday night is membership class. And again, that'll be from 4 to 7 p.m. If you haven't signed up but would like to, uh, we've got the sign-up sheet back there. And then next Sunday night, the 16th, is the church barbecue right here at the church. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, fun night. And we just want the whole family here. So get that on your calendar. It's it's going to be great. Amen. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. We'll do our Barstow Faith Confession, and then you can be dismissed this evening. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, we are grateful that you have provided to us a peace which surpasses all understanding, Lord, a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we have received the word tonight and that we are applying it, that we're being doers of the word. And these things that we've seen tonight, Lord, about listening to you and everything else, Lord, we know that your desire is that we would have peace like a river gently flowing in our lives, Lord. And so I pray that we will receive that and do your word. We love you and we thank Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. In Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Sunday.